Thank you so much for joining us. This is episode five. And this month, since it's Pride Month, we wanted to spend some time highlighting survivors in the LGBTQ arena. That means all sorts of things. For anyone that doesn't know, LGBTQ stands for lesbian, gay, bi, transsexual, and questioning. Is that right, Whisper? Queer. Queer. Oh, I always thought it was questioning. <laughs> See, that's funny because I thought it was questioning, like for the people that are wondering well, if maybe they are. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Because <laughs> yeah, sometimes people don't really know. Right. I think it's changed here and there too. But queer is a really nice, lovely umbrella term. We're all a little queer. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's what gives the world its excitement, right? Much flavor for sure. Yeah, exactly. Who wants bland food? Not me. Right? Who wants to eat white <laughs> rice every day? Boring. <laughs> Yeah, me and Austin. What did we used to eat? He, he used to eat Caesar salad with the hot sauce wing on it. Sauce. <laughs> oh wow! Buffalo wing sauce. <laughs> I love buffalo wings. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't introduce our guest. Our guest today that's joining us is Austin, and he is a friend of mine and a previous coworker. We worked together for a while in a restaurant. We wanted to ask him a little bit about his story. Let's start by getting a little bit of background. Tell us a little bit about who you are. Okay. Well, my name's Austin. I was born in Sacramento, California, raised in Susanville, California. I grew up in a Christian family. Most of all Jehovah's Witness. I am Mexican nationality, Mexican white. Never knew my real dad. I enjoy outdoors, camping, driving around in cars. And one of my passions is, or a couple of my passions is cooking and photography. Oh, nice. That's my very same passions too. (laughs) (laughs) I always enjoy all your pictures and everything on Facebook. You have some really interesting perspectives and that's what it's all about, right? Absolutely. Do you do photography? Is it sort of a hobby for you or have you actually... um, Um, done some for work as well or I did some for work uh, a while back before I met Jemima but it kind of just faded out because life gets to you and of course I've had a lot of stuff to overcome the last few years I just kind of got put on the back burner I still do it here and there with the cameras I do have at the moment but it's kind of one of those right now it's just a hobby like yeah okay barely (laughs) part-time It's yeah. a fantastic outlet, though, for sure. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is, for sure. It's a really interesting way to express yourself artistically. And it's very pleasing to the eye of other people as well. Yeah. Yes, it is. What were some of the obstacles that you faced during your journey? When I met you, you told me that you had spent some time in prison, right? Yes, almost seven years. Oh, wow. I'm sure that was probably very difficult, wasn't it? Extremely. If I'm not mistaken, you turned yourself in, right? Yes, I turned myself in for my crime. Oh, I got charged back in 2011 with lewd conduct with my under 16. He was my first boyfriend. He was 15. I was 19. One of the biggest obstacles, which 
is that contributing to that as well is my parents found out about me and him and I don't know if it was for the fact of his age or for the fact that we were gay. I feel like it was more the fact that we were gay. They wanted me to turn myself in for my crime. Otherwise, they disowned me. After doing so, from what I understood from the papers I read, his mom was okay with it. But my parents weren't. They felt obligated to have me turn myself in. So I did. Ended up doing a little bit of time on probation for a little while, but then got violated and went to prison for seven years. But that was a huge obstacle in my life because not only did I get charged with a felony crime, but they also found out that I was gay at the same time. Um, However, my mom and dad hid it from a lot of the family, Mm -hmm. gave them just minute details as possible. I don't think a lot of them even knew my crime, or if they did, they didn't know that it was with another guy. They probably just feared it was some young girl. But that was a huge obstacle of mine. I fought with it for many years before that. Um, I knew I was gay probably about a, about 10 or 11 years old. Didn't know quite mm-hmm. what it was being gay. Uh, mm-hmm. But as I grew older, I found out what it was. But, you know, even though prison was a huge obstacle, it also was kind of a helper. I was super shy as a kid, like very shy. So that helped me come overcome my shyness. It also helped me overcome my being gay because in there, there's no secrets. Right. Um, and it, no privacy is just gone. So being in there, of course, I will admit being in an old man's prison is kind of eye candy for me. Um, <laughs> but um, I, of course, met other gay people in there as well. I had what you call a prison relationship here and there, which isn't the best. I wouldn't recommend it. However, um, <laughs> it still helped me come out and be myself around complete strangers. And some of them pretty violent strangers that you are very worried about what they might think or say or do to you finding out. So that was a huge obstacle. But my obstacle now being out going on four years now is I have a new boyfriend now we've been together since January this year but that's still an obstacle because my previous boyfriend I had cheated on me but then found out that my family kind of tried to reconnect with me after that happened and we split up I always kind of felt it's because I didn't have a boyfriend at the moment. But now that I do have one, they all kind of decided to cut me off. Um, even the one I didn't expect the most, which would be my aunt. Aww. So, And that was all very recent. That's just in the last few months. Mm-hmm. So my mom and dad talked to me. In small spurts, they'll text or phone call to make sure I'm good. Or they'll drop by to give me my mail or something that I get at their house. That's pretty much it. There's very minimal contact with any of my family, if at all. So that's a huge obstacle for me. It's definitely been hard considering my family and I was somewhat tight-knit growing up. I know one of the other questions I read in there was my advice to anybody is, even (laughs) though it's hard, be yourself. Because even though it's hard being separate from my family, and a lot of my friends, because they're all Christian-based, still is 
there's still a, a happiness that you can't describe to it. Right. Being yourself and being with someone you love and are attracted to and, and just being able to express it. Cause now I'm a supervisor at my job. Everybody there knows I'm gay and is accepting of it. And it's just, it's a huge relief. That's, That's awesome. Great. That's so I'm great. so glad. That's so good. And a lot of your family disowning you has to do with the religion, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? You're right. I mean, I'd say it's a mix of personal belief. Gay, you know, is just gross. However, <laughs> I would say 60 to 70% of it is religion pushing that drive to cut off ties. Yeah. Uh, right. So I have a question about that because Jehovah's Witness are, they're a pretty strict religion that's somewhat enclosed within itself. So we come from a background like that and as well, trying to process everything that you're going through with your family. Did you find it more frustrating that they're coming from this pretty closed religious belief or did you find it sort of easier to have compassion about what they were dealing with? I'm just curious if that played into it at all. I know the witness religion very well because I was, you know, raised in it. So I understand right. why they believe the way they believe. Gotcha. However, me personally, in their Bible, as well as other Bibles, it's men who lie with men will not inherit God's kingdom. Some even specify homosexuality. However, I don't personally believe that the old Bible transcripts, you know, that you find in Jerusalem, wherever they hold them, specify men and men, but I don't know. So it is a little irritating not knowing that, not seeing it with my own eyes, that they would believe that just by what is translated to them. Right. But like, yeah, I have some respect that at least they follow what they believe. However, it is very harmful to those of us who have to go through that because of the of the religion. So it's it's definitely a mixed feeling about it. Yeah. That makes total sense. But I will say, and this is something my mom actually told me recently, when we talked about it last, she hates talking about it, but when we did talk about it last, she did tell me she's not going to, her and my dad aren't going to cut completely cut me off 100%, nor because for the specific reason, she asked a lot of other witness parents that have gay daughters or sons that came out to them and, and they cut them off as well. They told my mom that it killed them inside. It tore them apart. They were never the same after that. And one of them's son actually died from AIDS. Mm. And she didn't even go see him in the hospital besides through a glass for a second. Oh, that's terrible. What would today's self tell yesterday's self? (laughs) Uh, Don't waste time. Be yourself sooner rather than unhappy for so long yeah that really makes sense and it's very true it's a lot of people do walk around not being themselves because they think it's not the societal norm or they think it's not going to make so-and-so happy or whatever the reason is or maybe they don't even know who they are really sometimes it takes takes time to even figure that out but yeah, that's very good point. What is one key thing you would pass on to others who are struggling? Uh, 
matter how hard it gets it. It always gets a limit until it gets better. Yeah. It's always better to be yourself than to hide because once you're yourself, you find out who your true family and friends are. That's a very good point. Very true. How about when you felt like giving up, what kept you going? Right now, my boyfriend's a lot of my drive because anything happens to me or I go back to prison or something, it leaves him alone. But honestly, I've always been kind of a self-motivated person. Yeah. But I guess I just have a problem giving up really on anything, especially relationships. But when I hit my rock bottom, other than my boyfriend, it would be myself as well. It's hard to answer, really. I just never been one to give up. Yeah, that makes total sense. I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I couldn't really answer that question either. I, I don't really know what kept me going. I just got up every day and kept going. <laughs> yeah. And that's just the way it was, right? Yeah. <laughs> All you can do, really, other than, you know, end it. Honestly, like, that just makes the others win. Exactly. That's what I always say. I always say, if I give in, if I give up, then they win. Yep. That means they succeeded in beating me down. And I'm like, oh, I cannot let that happen. <laughs> yep. I've always been very competitive. And to me, that in itself, a lot of times was when I got really close to the the point of doing something stupid, that really was a big factor because you don't want to let your demons win, right? Yeah, exactly. It's a very good point, Austin. So I'm interested, what changed your perspective? Perspective when, of the like LGBTQ or? Yes. When do you feel like you started viewing that as a positive? Has that really been recently for you? It's been over the last two years about. Of course, I didn't really care what people did while I was locked up. It was their life, their choice. I did have some problems with transsexuals in there. I kind of found them gross. However, after getting out and then coming out completely, I spent some time with drag queens up in Spokane, Washington, mm -hmm. and also some of the gay community up there. And it's a huge one up there. I would recommend anybody who wants to have the support to probably move there um, <laughs> that, that doesn't have anything else or good friends nearby. But I went up there, spent some time with some of the drag queens, some of the gay community and friends and friends of friends, etc. I've even met some really good friend of mine is a much older woman up there who is a lesbian. And you see these people and at first you're like, ooh, or that's weird, or that's different. Just like people view me as gay. Mm -hmm. It's weird, it's different, it's not normal, etc. I started feeling bad about judging these people. And so I'm like, you know what, I'll get to know them. I think that's what the turning point for me was with all the LGBTQ is I started to get to know these drag queens and realize they're normal, good-hearted people who just want to live their lives and be happy. Right. And a couple of drag queens became very good friends to me because 
At the moment, I was having some major relationship issues with my previous relationship. Mm. And one of them really talked me through it because being a gay man and a drag queen, they've been through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And I say they because there's a lot of them like to be referred to as they right. yeah. Inst- yeah. instead of him or her or it. <laughs> right. But I got to know him. And that was the big turning point is once I started like, you know what, this is me. I'm going to start getting involved with people with similar interests and, and like me. Hmm. And that was just a big turning point. I got to know them. I got to like them. I got to judge them for them instead of what a religion told me to judge them as. And I would recommend anybody who is unsure about it to just get to know some and right. you know, think they would realize sooner or later if they really gave it a try. They're just good-hearted, kind people who just want to live their life happy like the rest of us. For sure. That must have been an interesting experience for you because you initially were bringing with you sort of the hang-ups or the old relics of your past, right? And the way that you were raised. So there was a certain bias there that you didn't even probably fully understand, yet you yourself are gay, so yes. that must have been a really interesting like transition to where as you started meeting these people and really seeing them as they are and accepting them, embracing them, you're at the same time healing for yourself, right? You start yeah. embracing yourself more and, and loving yourself more. Did you find it that way? I did. I did. I found That's it fantastic that way for myself very much because it came to the point like with my boyfriend I have now where it's like, and I've even told him this because he told me he feels bad that my family cut me off. I told him, well, screw my family. They can't accept me for me. Then I don't care. I have you. I just want to be happy. And that's kind of the mentality. A lot of the LGBTQ has that accept themselves. They don't care what anybody else thinks. They just want to be happy. That's right. Yeah. And they deserve that just as much as anybody else does. It's, to me, incredibly sad the way that the world has made anybody feel unaccepted. Yeah. Whether it's about your sexuality or the fact that you're a trauma survivor or the color (laughs) of your skin or whatever it is. It's just terrible that we all can't just accept each other for who we are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole beauty of humanity is that there's billions of us and we're all freaking different. (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah right yeah. absolutely what does success mean for you and when did you realize that success for me in an lgbtq sense is being 100 percent okay with myself and not worrying about what anybody else thinks success for me as in a normal life it would be not having to live every day paycheck to paycheck and yeah. Not hurting anybody. <laughs> mm. <laughs> right. That's yeah. Good. That's a very good definition for you. <laughs> All right. I have an, another question for you, Austin. When Jemima was telling me a little bit about your story and what you actually went to prison for, it sounds more like these were laws that were on the books for where you were because when Jemima was telling me, I was like, that's not a crazy age difference. Like, that's not. Like there was some weird thing going on. It sounds mm-hmm. like it's more because of what the laws were. Did you ever feel like resentful about that? What you went um, to prison for wasn't really that, wasn't a crime really, if you think about it. In that sense, it simply age difference. 
Yeah. Well, I do. Yes, I do resent it. I do hate myself sometimes for turning myself in because of what it was. Of course, the prosecuting attorney made it way worse than it actually was. Because back then, I found out after about six months being locked up, my, my mom and I talked and she had relayed to me that she contacted my aunt down in Reno, Nevada. She was like the lead detective in Reno, Nevada. And she was telling my mom that if Austin was in any other state, especially Nevada or California, it would have been a victimless crime. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the laws. The reason I got charged is because, well, Idaho is super strict about sexual laws. So yeah, I resented my family for making me turn myself in. I resented myself for doing it. I resented the state of Idaho. I still do sometimes because I'm still on parole right now and will be for a couple more years. And I still have to tell everybody. I have to tell my bosses I work for, who wherever it may be. I have to tell my landlord, etc. And of course, the whole community views any sex offense as heinous unless they actually know the person. Right. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, there's a lot of resentment towards it. And honestly, after reading the paperwork, because I got a copy of the statements from him and his mom as well during the discovery of the crime. And what I read in there, they both didn't want me to go to jail. She was fine with it, et cetera, et cetera. Somebody decided to throw the book at you, basically. Yeah. And (laughs) it's really sad because being locked up for that seven years, it's very, like I said, there's no privacy. It's very easy to know who's new there, who's not, and what their crime is. And it's amazing how many 18, 19, 20-year-olds' lives get totally ruined because they slept with a 17 Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so yeah. hard. It's terrible. Yeah. I was just thinking that, that that feeling of that injustice must be a lot to overcome. What have you done so far to kind of like heal that wound, I should say? Well, there's not a lot you can do about it, really. Any of us that get these charges, we belong to the state. And mm-hmm. You could spend hundreds of thousands of dollars fighting them or just kind of roll over. And that's kind of what a lot of us have to do is just roll over because there's not a lot you can do besides do your time, serve your time and, and get right. get on and get through with it. So I guess at some point, all of us just hit that point where it's like, well, there's nothing I can do. So we just mm-hmm. accept it because we have to. Yeah. Yeah. It was at this point, just a little bit more like, okay, well, it happened and now it's time to move on and not try to pull it apart or analyze it or look at it too closely, I should yeah. say. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and honestly, that's sometimes what you do have to do because there's a lot of really fucked up shit in this country, especially when it comes to our laws and, and, and justice and injustice. And it's really tough when you have something that you can't really make sense of. Or there's that if I only was like in California or whatever it might be. So I, and I, and I think that that's a very valid, I mean, in my opinion, <laughs> my little opinion is that it's a very valid way to overcome the past. Sometimes it's just like, well, you know, 
this is this is one for the shelves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is one that's going to go up there and gather dust because you just have to move forward. But I mean, it sounds just everything that the way that you've shared, like you told us about your story. With I thank you for being so vulnerable and coming and t- talking to us about it. But I also I hear that I feel that healing that you're experiencing that you're as you're going through life and you have paid a really 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 high price to be who you are right now. Mm-hmm. And but yet you still have that just that happiness, like you said, of knowing that you are being who you are. And I think that's really powerful. Yep. Yes, totally. And he has a really good sense of humor too. We used to, <laughs> <laughs> we used to have lots of fun at work. He called, oh, yeah. he, he called himself a bean burrito, so I called him a Mexi nugget. <laughs> <laughs> That's so <Yep>. funny. <laughs> That's so great. Got to be able to have fun, right? Oh, yeah. Ole! oh awesome well thank you so much austin this has been so nice hearing your story and you've been through a lot and i'm sure it's been a really difficult journey but i'm so happy that you are finally being able to be yourself and have fun and be loved and live the life that you want to live so Congratulations, really, because it sounds like you're on the path to to living your dreams and being able to be happy and accepted and loved. Yeah. Yeah. Living living free for sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm super happy for you. Yeah. In some ways, like the ones of us that do pay those really high prices for our freedom, you know, it's not always on the actual physical battlefield or on the faraway shores where we fight for our freedom. Like a lot of times it's just right at home that we have to fight for our own personal freedom. So yep, that makes us veterans, <laughs> veterans of the acceptance wars. Very true. <laughs> Thank you all so much for joining us. The rest of this month, we will be highlighting LGBTQ survivors and some of their stories, the struggles that they've had and, seeing how they overcame and how they're blossoming into their beautiful butterflies. Absolutely. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you for having me. Uh, Thank you so much, Austin. Thank you, Austin. That'll do it for our episode today. Thank you all so much for listening. And we hope that you will join us next week as we interview another very interesting LGBTQ survivor. So we hope to see you back again next week. And remember that every butterfly was once a caterpillar.